0: Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. As you guys know, every once in a while I like to break it up. I like to. Take a step away from focusing on the growth of the companies that we work at and talk about personal development. And there is probably no one better uh, to really focus on that topic today than the two people who are joining me, which is Mark Hansen and his wife, Crystal Hansen. And they have just put out a new book called Ask. And that will be a big focus for today. We'll talk about the book. But if you don't, know or have ever heard of uh, the book Ask, I'm sure you've heard of Chicken Soup for the Soul and probably have heard of Mark. Uh, Mark will talk a little bit about this, Uh, I know, but I am just so uh, excited to have him on the program. How often do we get to speak and hear from someone to motivate ourselves and develop ourselves who's written hundreds and hundreds of books, 300 books, uh, I believe, on bestsellers lists, uh, something like 59 on the New York Times bestseller list, Mark. That is incredible and inspired over a billion people. And so for all of you guys, like I said, real treat to have you, Crystal and Mark here today. Crystal uh, and Mark have done their first book together, which I said right before we hit the record button that I am fortunate to work with my wife. And I would love to uh, hear how this journey has been with you guys and, and what led to the book Ask. That would be a great place to start.
1: Um, what happens is we've been very blessed, you know, having sold a half billion books, we get hired a lot of places, been in 80 countries around the world, talking to the biggest and best companies and consulting. And, and as of last week, some cult, uh, countries are are interested because they're, you know, crashing right now. And they're saying, Hey, you teach, you can take uh, adversity, turn it into opportunity, take a disadvantage, turn it into advantage. So what happened is, is we've traveled around the world. We meet all these great people, Dave, and, and what we've discovered some of them are talented, brilliant, educated, personable. But the difference between those who succeed a little and those who succeed a lot is the ability to become a master at asking. And so what we said is, we'll write everything we know about asking, because we've both been bold askers our whole life, individually and collectively, now as sort of a power couple. And then we interviewed the 26 best askers after we did all the research at Harvard and everywhere else. And it's amazing that the reception to this book has been just beyond terrific. I mean, it just it makes our hearts glow that the people love it so much.
0: I wrote one book, Mark, not not 300. And, and I, I don't even say I'm on the New York Times Best Sellers list, but I do say if there was, I'm on the New York Times Best Giver list because I give my book out to anybody who wants a copy because it's a recipe book for, for driving growth, but it's not about developing yourself. It's about well, driving we, growth we, for companies. We just want one. a copy. Yeah, I I will be happy to send you a copy. And I, I think I mentioned to you, I have your first book, which was a gift from my mom uh, on my birthday. And I loved the stories. Um, There's some that I still remember to this day. There was one about because I could relate to it. There's one uh, where it's I, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was uh, a few animals attending school And they put their own school together. And it was talking about how um, I think it was a duck was a really good swimmer, but wasn't good at other stuff. And a squirrel that was good at other stuff. And it really resonated with me because I thought, you know, when I went to school, there were certain subjects and my mom was a school teacher. I would say, I don't really want to get an A in geography. I mean, I didn't know Google would come around and I could look everything up instantly in the palm of my hand. But I'm like, why do I have to be a master at at this topic. I love marketing. I love technology. I love people. These are the subjects that I want to really dive into. And I, if I just can pass that, isn't that good enough? And it it wasn't good enough for her, but you know, I think things turned out okay. So I just remember that story because I like wanted to show her like, see, see what Mark put in here. Like, you know, everybody doesn't have to be the fastest and the, the fastest tree climber. But um, Mark, you, you, you mentioned something about writing down your goals and understanding your, destiny. And I love the idea of just um find, finding your destiny. I don't I have in my downstairs bathroom a sign, it's a well not a sign but it's it's art, you know, one of those kinds of, like you get at a, at a car wash, the wood ones with the words on it, and it says um you know that happiness is the journey, not the destination. And as someone who's very driven uh myself, I've often had people tell me, you know, Dave, do you feel successful? And because I think they get a sense for me like I'm constantly driving and pushing towards something, and there are certain measurements that I have for myself uh, for success. But what did you, what did you find in all of these successful people? Right, you yourself and your background—you went bankrupt and and you know wound up rebooting your entire uh, career. What did you find with all these people? Do they feel successful? Do they know what success um, looks like when they achieve it?
1: Uh, two parts to that. Number one is. We, we are teaching in the book to get to your destiny. you got to keep asking yourself the penultimate of questions. Who am I? What do I want? And how do I substantially get paid? And then the subset of that is got to put it in writing. And after I got divorced long ago, I wrote down 267 things I wanted in my ideal woman, the values, the qualities, the similarity, the outlook that our kids had to get along if we both had kids. It turns out, I never told her until after we got married, that crystal is 267 out of 267. And I said, wow. Dave, that when you write your goals, you never cross them off. Like, I got the milk, I got the eggs, I got the butter, because you now not doing purple, God's highest color, the top of the rainbow, the electromagnetic spectrum, uh, in lavender. So you look back, because all of us pulsate. And right now, a lot of us are in the valley, and you got to be a valley to go to a mountaintop, and and, you know, technology is going to take us to the mountaintop mm-hmm. and create fundamental abundance for us. I think you'd agree. And, and so we got to have open eyes to get out of the valley and go to the mountaintop.
0: This year started off normal.
1: <laughs> January
0: <laughs> January came and it was a new year. And, you know, people sobered up from New Year's and, and went back to, to work. And right about February, things seemed a little off and we started hearing news that there's this that there's this virus that's that's over there and it and it might come here and then we we know what's happened ever since and i remember feeling at a certain point i just can't wait to get through this year i just can't wait for this to be over this sucks and then i realized this could actually be a really big gift um you got divorced mark and now you've remarried and you're with Crystal, someone who has at least 267 amazing things about her. You wouldn't be together if you hadn't gotten divorced. And I'm sure at the time, I know some people getting divorced, that was a challenging period for you. And you wished it was over, but it was a new beginning and change was chance. So what are your, both of your thoughts, Crystal, I'd love to hear from you. Like in a year like this, Where's the silver lining for everybody?
2: Right. So we really believe that, David, that there's always tremendous opportunity in adversity if we can stay focused and realize that we really create our life experience from the inside out, and that is the truth. As a transformational life coach and board-certified hypnotherapist, that's what I teach people. It doesn't. Right now, we're going through this tremendous sort of collective adversity that we're all experiencing, but throughout our lives, we're going to go through these situations and um what i try to teach people is that while it seems that you know life is happening outside of you and the perception is that you know we're just kind of looking at all this and it's coming at us and we're ducking and dodging and try to keeping try to keep all the balls in the air the truth of, of it is that your life experience how you experience your life is always created from the inside out and that's why mark and i love to teach these tools and why we wrote the book ask and it's funny because <laughs> talk about a challenge, you know, we our our release date was April 28th. We were going to do this big tour. And we had all of these appearances and, and all of these, you know, uh, huge seminars and things planned and all of that just got stopped. And so we had a meeting with our, our publisher and all of us, you know, really decided thoughtfully that this book was something that needed to be Released now at this time, and we took the risk because everything was closed, so you can only could sell through Amazon. And we're so thankful that we made that decision, David, because Mark and I are tr- are getting on as many podcasts as we can right now. And people, we are hearing from hundreds of people. We've only been out for a couple of months that are saying, you know, this, this kind of saved my life. It re-vectored me right now because in any situation. We say there are three channels through which to ask, and and those are ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And each of those channels is equally important. And there is no mechanism that has the ability to reveal what is hidden like asking. And so there's never a better time for us to sit down with ourselves during this time where, you know, a lot of us have been scaled back or we're at home a lot more and start to question basically Anything about our lives, anything and everything, um, because it's it's a good time. And when you do that, a lot of things are revealed. And starting with the ask yourself part, you know, we say there are like three critical phases of that. Um, We we take an hour every morning to do sort of this prayer meditation time, which is really really important to us. And we ask ourselves these questions, you know, and ask each other questions, and it kind of sets the tone for our entire day. But um, when you start by asking yourself Questions so much is revealed. Those are those reflective questions that help you understand where you are, which way you need to go. The first set is, you know, where am I right now, and all of the questions that come under that, like what's working, what's not working, what have I really enjoyed, what have I hated, what is is causing conflict in my life. So many questions under that. What you know, where am I now? Part of it, and then the second critical phase is where do I want to be? You know, and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that maybe because of this this slowdown that, you know, I didn't like a lot of things about what I was doing and maybe this is the time, you know, uh, where do I really want to be? What do I really want to be doing with my time? And what does that look like? All of those sub questions that come under that sort of critical phase. And then the third part of that critical phase in asking is what specific actions would I need to take to get there? Mm-hmm. If you can follow that, what we call the asking journey, it is amazing how that begins to set up a different architecture for your life. And really, it's the only way we can create a proper framework for our
1: life.
0: The, the thing that I don't like about COVID, it's just one thing right now. I mean, it really is dumbed down to one thing. And that's that kind of smothering feeling You have wearing a mask. I mean, I've really just boiled it down to like that's the thing I I physically don't like and that upsets me. And yes, I miss people. I like human interaction. I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert, but I'm not an introvert. I'm, I'm maybe an ambivert, where I certainly get energy from being with people. I get energy from being with you guys today and seeing you on on video. But I also like my private time too. And it was fascinating that before this happened, as in COVID and the shutdown, people hated their commute, hated it especially in the Bay Area. Some people didn't even really like their jobs that they don't have anymore because they either got laid off or cut. Um, People said, I wish I was home more with my family. Now they are, but maybe they're wishing they were somewhere else. People wanted more time to work out and they've, you know, COVID-19 is the 19 pounds that we've all Put on, right? You know, so why didn't we use this time to stay physical? I want to say that I, I have, which is good, but I know some people have been challenged and there's people like my sister have lost 80 pounds in the last year, um, because she didn't like who she saw in the mirror didn't feel comfortable in her skin, which is a major personal transformation. So proud of her. So when we, when we are in a state where we're not happy, maybe feel off that path, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you ask yourself if, How do you find out if you're now in a better place until you look back and and realize that you are? How do you know if you're, you know, let's, let me give it, ask the question a different way. Someone on this podcast lost their job within the last three months and they're stressed because they have to provide for themselves, or their family. And they think right now everything is crashing on down them, but what they don't realize that this is an opportunity for a significant change in their life and to get them on a path to a much better place and a happier place, but they don't feel that way right now.
1: So we teach the three vectors that she talked about, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. It seems to us that it's time to say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? And you say it 400 times before you go to sleep because we're born over-endowed. Crystal loves to say we've got four times more talent and genius than we'll ever use during a lifetime. And it goes back to the story that you told us, is, is Einstein got us to write that story because he said, if you ask a fish to climb a tree, the fish is going to look like an idiot, but the fish is a genius in water. So that was a preface. If you didn't remember the preface, it's a great, Albert was brilliant. But the point is, if you ask yourself, what are you supposed to do? When I went bankrupt back in 1974, after asking that kind of a question, I woke up and I, I said, what do I want to do? I want to talk to people that care about things that matter, that make a life changing difference. I went to my three roommates and I said, Hey, any of you guys know somebody that's not a lawyer, doctor, technician a celebrity a famous person that's speaking preferably young they could teach me how to do this said, oh yeah, yeah the guy's out here in hop long island i raced out there learned how to do it spoke and made a lot of money but then all of a sudden somebody said you yeah, have the story in a book i put together my first book stand Up, speak on Win, and i tripled my income in one year by selling a 20 you know was, i sold twenty thousand copies of ten dollars each that's two hundred thousand dollars and everybody wanted a signature, I said, This is my best I didn't say it was a New York Times, I didn't say it was national or International, it was mine. And it just it worked. And and for everybody sitting out there, if they'll go deep and say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, how do I fulfill what I'm supposed to do on a planet? Because all of us have got to revector, all of us gotta re pivot, all of us gotta rethink, re innovate, and remarket ourselves.
0: Why, Mark, then are you still doing what you do?
1: I can't stand retirement. I wrote a whole book with the guy who created the Hulu, our dear friend Art Linkletter, and we said don't retire from something to nothing. Retire by putting on four new tires and going in a new, better, healthier, happier, more fulfilling direction. Not that you can't golf or fish a little bit, but if you golf every day and that's all you're doing, you're destroying this great tool, which your mind is here for two reasons. As a technician, you'll agree. You're here to create and you're here to contribute. Because if you created it and didn't contribute, what fun would it be? And so I, I, we've got a lot of stuff we want to do. And my intent is it would be 127 options for renewal, all of which I think <laughs> I've got, I got okay. in writing what we're going to do, and we're doing it.
2: That reminds me of a great story in our book, um, Greg Haig, where he had achieved so much in his life, and he had all the cars, all the motorcycles, tons of money. And he got to this point where he goes, I, I was really, really unhappy and did not know where to go with it. You know, money and success and being was supposed to make him happy. So he met with his mentor, And he said, Greg, what is your definition of happiness? That is a great question. What is your definition of happiness? Because it has to be your definition, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of people think it is having a certain amount of money or something like that, and then they achieve that, and they're not happy. And so, you know, with the time he spent with this mentor, he said, happiness to me means having a purpose to fulfill that makes people better and the purpose that I can contribute to. And when he re-vectored and, and made that pivot in his mind, he realized that he, that he wanted to do something different and, you know, kind of recreated his career. And, but he always holds on to that question. You know, what am I, what's my passionate purpose?
0: I belong to uh, a group called Vistage International. I don't know. Maybe you guys have spoken at Vistage. If not Vistage, if you're listening, you should get these two. Um, it's, It's a wonderful organization. It's a peer group. It's it's a huge organization, been around, I think, for like 70 years. And it breaks uh, CEOs and chief executives into small groups. And about eight months out of the year, a speaker comes in and uh, just, it really has helped me become a better person, a better manager, a better business leader. And the point that I want to make is when we went around with our name cards, when a new member joins, um, you have to write something on the name card that kind of like everybody uh, needs to get to know you by, and it's and it's um it's what you want to achieve, and my quote word at the bottom is just happiness, and the group would say to me, so you want to achieve happiness? Does that mean you're not happy right now? And I get that question a lot, and I have to say, and I and I encourage you know everyone participating with us today, like I have to take my temperature a lot, like my emotional temperature, to know what happiness feels like because. As I said, I'm a very driven individual. I'm kind of always working on the next thing. We, we just launched our YouTube channel last week. So after four years of doing podcasting, this is a major new initiative yeah. with a whopping, as of yesterday, you know, like 170 subscribers that I hope one day is 10,000. Well, how will I feel at 10,000? Well, do I wish it was 100,000? I mean, Mark, you have traveled around the world, spoke thousands of times, written hundreds of books, and you're still out there helping all of us find our, Destiny, find the path to our destiny, and I think it's amazing that you put that level of energy and effort, and that you both have written a new book to help us all get there. Um, that's why I'm going to ask the question: like, how do you know when you guys have had that success? Will it be a feeling for you? It's sc- certainly not a financial measurement, but how do you know? You've, I mean, the relationship I have with my mom and her giving me your book when I was young is her, you know, some inspiration and some good reading. I think it was her, you know, trying to move me from you know, uh, certain books that I'm reading to, to books to develop myself. It was great. How do you, how do you know? Um, how do you know when somebody's happy? How do they know?
1: In, in our book ask, we do the subtitle, which answers your question is the bridge for your dreams to your destiny, because destiny is a progressive realization of worthwhile goals. and something that is like crystal said, what is your magnificent obsession and the magnificent obsession has to have what you're saying milestones or benchmarks or, or, metrics that you say, Hey, wait a second. Today I did. My goal was to do a podcast and it's the best podcast I've done in yesterday. And now it's going to be on YouTube and it's going to go from 170 to 200 and then to 10,000 and then to hundred thousand and then to a million. But don't beat yourself up. If you're not at a million now, it's back to the fish story. Let's keep the yeah. fish, the fish. You're doing excellently what you're doing and, and you want to be happy and everybody out there. We're always doing the best we can. But the reason you read self-help action books like I and we create and audios and podcasts and all that and go on them is is we get better, the people get better. And what we've learned in these podcasts, because we did not really think when we came out with the book, we had one audience with 11,000 next day, 15,000. Then all of a sudden those were gone and we started doing podcasts. We're doing bigger podcasts. We'll talk to 100 million people between now and Christmas, we think, based on everything we're doing. We got a lot of big stuff happening and we're going to have more. And then what we're doing is we're getting letters like Crystal just got done reading. If you'll forgive me, I'm going to let her talk on this, but 121 thank yous from people that said, Oh my gosh, go ahead. What had they? And
2: you know, like I don't have a lot of time to read it, but I just got sucked into these letters. (laughs) And the funny thing is David, like after reading, you know, sometimes you think I just don't have time for this stuff. I've got so much to do, but I read one. And then I just started reading these letters and I was like, we are changing lives just by going on a podcast. This meant so much to this person that they took the time to write this letter and they're super excited. We're going to do this book club discussion. It's going to be a free thing and they can hardly wait. And so it it, it made me so happy that somebody out that I could make, that we could make a little bit of difference in someone's life in a really positive way that, that we could give them a little more hope and, a little more uh, optimism, maybe, and, and just support, you know, yeah. I think human beings being able to support another human being. And I think what, what lights us up, because I think to, uh, you know, you, you were saying you kind of have to redefine, figure out your own definition of happiness. I think that's really important to understand that and you do that by asking the right questions of yourself and spending a little time with yourself. It's, it's really good to spend this time with yourself guys, and really drill down on these questions but if you're we able to do that, I think you realize for us, it's also about evolving. Um, we feel happier when we're growing, when we're evolving, when we're contributing. And that's not all about money. You know, sometimes money really makes you more of who you are, I think. Yeah. So if you're a really happy person, um, money can, you know, help you do more things and contribute more or whatever. But if you're a miserable person, you're just not going to be any happier, really, with money. You're just going to have sort of the same level of misery. So I think for us, it's all about evolving. You know, that if you think about it, the universe is evolving. I mean, I think it's, it's nature evolves and we need to evolve. And that's not just getting more money and things and material things. It's like, how are we evolving as human beings, you know?
0: I, I finally figured out, I think it's an addiction to happiness is what keeps me going because I get my energy from helping people succeed. About three hours ago, I was talking with someone, he's in his early 20s, just about to launch his career, and I was just advising him and coaching on career paths for him. And I really enjoyed the call, really enjoyed the call. So shout out to Ethan. Um, the mission of our company is to make marketing heroes. And as I said to you guys, you know, around what we do, there's always another hero to be made. So for me, I never feel settled because as I get introduced to another um, prospect or customer, that opportunity to lift that person. I spent my whole career in marketing, you know, prior to starting Demand Gen. I never felt in that era like the true hero for driving growth and driving revenue that, that where marketing was evolving because during the 90s, everything changed with the internet. So this... Um, Mark, there was something I think in Chicken Soup for the Soul again. Maybe not doing the story justice, but it was about the people on the beach, and there were all these starfish that were washed up on the shore. And the person, you know, was saying like, "Hey, I got to get all these starfish back in the ocean." And the person's like, "You don't have enough time to do that." And he, throw, <laughs> he, he throws one in, right? And and he says, "Well, I made a difference with that one."
1: Made all the difference with that one. Yeah,
0: and I and I feel that way that there's always a difference to make in in someone's life. Clearly, you guys. Um, do as well. So I mean, little. It's amazing how you can read a book and it can change your thought process and it can change you in motion. I'm I'm thrilled that you guys have put this book um, together. I would like to do something which is not leave it up to chance to get people get the book. Um, I'd love to get a couple cases for us and give them to our clients and make a difference in in their lives. So we'll we'll absolutely do that. And I hope you know for you guys who haven't connected with Mark. and and Crystal, that you go out and grab a copy of Ask. You've got time, you're at home, take your your lack of commute time and invest in yourself. I think that's another important thing. I'd like to get your thought on that. We're all at home right now. Most of that means with our families and we're so sheltering in place. I don't think people are getting out enough and going on walks and taking time for themselves. What are your thoughts in terms of, for those of us that wanna work on ourselves and be our better selves, how often does that come when you're by yourself and away from other people, away from work, to, to work on that development. You talked about talking with God four hundred times a night. Um, what's the, what's the best place to where's the best place to develop yourself? You have found.
1: Well, I think everyone's got to do their own homework, but we walk or exercise together every day and, and hike up the highest mountains. We live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and love it, and we live in McDowell Mountain, so it is an amazing place. And then we'll go to Flagstaff this weekend with our with our grandkids. We got five kids and six grandkids combined, and we love them and adore them, but let me go back to <clears throat> two principles here. One is the master teacher said the greatest amongst you is servant of all. And, and when you start getting into story business and every tech, technocrat or technician or technology guy and lady has to become a good storyteller, whether it's Dr. Ray Kurzweil or, or Peter DeMandis or you. And, and the thing is that you're going to have problems show up. And, and one of the examples, because you're good at marketing, and the reason I marketed more books bypass than anybody ever in history, a half billion books is that when the Red Cross was out of blood, Liddy, Do- Liddy Dole said to me as a head of the Red Cross said, Hey, Mark, you know, every idea that exists, show, give me some blood. I'm out of blood and people are dying when they have car accidents or operations. And and I was working uh, in the chiropractic market and they'd just shut down all the cash uh, insurance. So they had to pay cash. So I said to, all the chiropractors call 800-GIVE-LIFE, Give have your patient that you're reactivating that hadn't been in three months or three years a free adjustment if they give a pint of blood. We got a year and a half's worth of blood in two weeks' time by doing that. And, and the chiropractic business, instead of going out of business, went straight up because they reactivated all their old patients for free. And then they said, oh man, I love this doctor of cause. I'm gonna come back to him or her. And it just, so what happens is it, Marketing is about outreach and thinking in innovative ways that, despite the the, uh, end user, like in your industry, Steve Jobs said, nobody knows. I I didn't do any market research. This is what everybody wants. Everybody wants a smartphone. Totally what they
0: want. Yeah. Yeah. If if you asked, everybody would have said, I wanted a, a longer battery life and a smaller phone and... None of the things, I mean, we all want a longer battery life, but we didn't end up with a smaller phone, a larger phone, a larger phone and, and capabilities. By the way, I still think there is a market for an even more reliable phone. I, I still can't believe phones drop every now and then. They got to keep working on that. You guys are in Scottsdale. I didn't know that. My daughter just moved uh, to Arizona. So uh, I'm frequently up in Scottsdale. Maybe we'll get a chance to see when we're all allowed back out of our cages again. Be good to uh, Good to see you guys, and and officially get a signed copy since I since I can't uh, make that happen right now, except through the mail, and that would just rob us of the opportunity uh, to seeing each other.
1: But everybody's got to get outside and answer. I guess I didn't answer that very well. Yeah, you where where are you? Are you to develop yourself? nature and feel the bountifulness of nature.
2: Yeah, and we both are kind of addicted to nature, David. I mean, I literally feel like if I don't get out in nature every single day, I don't feel well. And nature is just, I mean. You have to get out where everything's alive and you feel more alive. You literally start to feel the life around you. So I think it's yeah. so important for people. I don't know how people survive without going out in nature a lot. We're totally dedicated to it. We'll get up really early because it's really hot and uh, go hiking in the, early in the morning or, biking or, or biking or, you know, or we jump into the pool later in the evening um, you know, and and swim because it's just it's so beautiful and it's so cleansing. You get a different perspective, and honestly, like you were saying, that's where a lot of your breakthroughs come when you're in that quiet space where there's not all the noise and the to dos. I and mean, you have to give yourself that space so you can have those breakthroughs. I mean, that's how you communicate with the universe, with God, with with yourself, with your higher. Yeah. Self.
0: I want to talk about one more thing. And by the way, I I was picturing as you were saying that Crystal Pinnacle Peak, one of my favorite places by you guys to just go walk up, walk up there. And my friend Tim lives very close to the mountains right there, Um, and uh, I imagine not too far from you guys. And it's just there is something about being in Arizona and the sun and the purity of the the air. And we're, we're inside too much, and we're missing all that great vitamin D and energy that comes from the sun, so we've got to get out. I went and rented uh, an e-bike for the first time for my wife's, I think my second or third time, and to just be able to go 17 miles without really feeling, you know, the the strenuousness of that bike ride right, enable us to really focus and absorb just the energy of the outdoors instead of like the the strain on the body. I, I've never, we've never biked together like that. And it was super, super fun to do it up in, yeah, in Tahoe.
2: Yeah. We haven't Res- done e-bikes. Yeah. We'd love to do that. And you know, back to what you were saying about the mask thing, David, that bothers me probably more than anything too. Yeah. I, I, You know, I think it's so important to see human expression. And I think what bothers me about first of all, I feel totally suffocated. Mm -hmm. And even your vision isn't the same because your vision is blocked off all your peripheral vision. You know, if you're looking at your downward vision and um, just not being able to see people's faces and expressions is so disturbing to me. I feel like we're we're walking around like a bunch of zombies or robots, and it's very it, it's really creepy. And I know it's creepy. I know it's not popular, and people are very really you know a lot of mask Nazis out there that have a lot of moral judgment about that. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's very hard for me. I, I'm a little cla- claustrophobic. Anyway, I cannot stand having the mask on.
1: Yeah, yeah. you lose identity and personality yeah. and, and the essence of who we are. And, you know, soul is that spark within that shows without. You can't see it as well just with the eyes. Not The the eyes are the portal of the soul, but we need to take off the mask. we got to get free. We all have to know what to take so our immune system stays strong, and then we've got to stay strong. And then because there's four fights. There's the COVID fight. There's a media fight. There's a political fight. And then, you know, if you buy what – I worked in China for 22 years, four times a year. I promise you they want to dominate the world. So it, it behooves us – to understand that we've got to make sure we own our technology, we keep our IP, and and you know they sold three hundred seventy four million of my books there and didn't pay me, so I'm real clear <laughs> what I believe about China.
0: There's the IOU note. Um, yeah, th- well, there's a lot of psychology to, to it, Crystal, which is, you know, we're human beings, we're animals, um, and and animals, um we stay in packs to protect each other. That that's why animals herd um, to protect one another. And we're being denied from herding right now. So we feel extremely uncomfortable about that. And it's, it takes away from our core and what's in, what's in our DNA, uh, which is unfortunate before I, before I let you guys go. And I feel very blessed to have you guys. And, and we're going to, we're going to, when we get off air, we're going to focus on getting some books out to the people in my community. I, I, want to talk about positivity because we all have positive people and negative people, right? I have some family members, one in particular, no names, (laughs) love them. He's negative. Always all bad shit happens to me. Everything, you know, this is what's going to happen. I would say I'm extremely positive. Not that I don't have my down days, plenty of down days. Not that I um, have uh, doubt and fear in those things but I don't start from the negative and, and Mark, I know that you are a big proponent of writing things down that you want to achieve and positivity. And so I'd love for you guys to spend a little bit of time about why that's so important, uh, whether you cover it and ask and why it's so in- important in terms of reaching your potential, uh, and what you should do two parts. What do you do if you're around negative people and they bring you down? Okay. Take either one of those.
1: So the question is, what do you do if you're around negative people? And what do you do? to stay positive. We're giving away everybody free. We ask you all to go to ask the book And, uh, starting in August, we're going to do it once a month and we're going to have a class free to create everyone to be master askers. We're also going to ask people to decide to think positive because it's, it's your mind is a, back to your question is a binary system. It's either got a PMA, a positive mental attitude, which also I say is a prosperity mental attitude because prosperity is our natural state. Like a, an apple becomes an apple tree, then apples, then it becomes an apple orchard if it's, it's cultivated. Same with your mind. And so you have compounding thoughts. Or if you don't have a PMA, a positive mental attitude, prosperity mental attitude, you have an NMA, a negative mental attitude, and you get depressed, despondent, disconsolate, upset, and, you know, suicide is the end result of that. So, and, or sickness or disease. And that's why when we did Chicken Soup for the Surviving Soul, 101 Ways to Be Cancer, first line I wrote is our research shows 100, all, 100% all of all oncologists, oncologists die of cancer because they scan themselves for cancer and their patients. And if that's what you think about, that's what comes about. So negative people need to start pouring in positive. I went bankrupt because I was thinking negative. I was living in New York, read the New York Times. Everything was pouring down. We're going to go into depression. Interest rates at 28%, humma, humma. And all of a sudden, I said, wait a second. We now say unequivocally, shut off the negative news. 15 minutes a day is all you can auto-suggest to your mind because she's the hypnotherapist of us, a clinical hypnotherapist, but you become what you think about all day long, and it behooves us to think positively. Do you add to that?
2: Right. I mean, totally agree with all that. It is literally impossible to create success and happiness and well-being if you're focused on negative things. And friendship. You, right. Well, and friendship is, is, is a positive thing. Um, it's impossible because you're literally creating the architecture in your mind that is affirming exactly the opposite of what you you know think you want. Um, so I, I think the most important thing is get people to understand how, how what the power of their own imagination is. Every time you repeat those negative things and imagine these scenarios, all these bad things that are happening to you, you're creating them in your mind. You're you're literally creating the architecture and the template for every bad thing to happen to you. And so it's a very deliberate decision to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. I'm creating this. And my life is a self-fulfilling prophecy of what I think about and what I say.
0: And feel. Yeah. We, we've we covered a lot. I want to come back to something that you just said, Mark, and underscore it like 1,700 times, which is you have to turn off. The negative news. Um, I, I, we have, um, an internal chat system with our employees and on Fridays, I remind them to get outdoors, don't watch the news and, and bring positivity in their life because it is such a drain and it really brings you down. And if you're down, you're not, you're not getting to that, um, best place, that best place for yourself. And I, I can't stress enough. And I, I released a video on, I think it was on Facebook. It was on Facebook. Of a compilation of all the negative news and how they're all working from a script and publishing this. And I wanted people to see like, this is content marketing. There are some real news channels, but not a lot of positivity on those news channels, by the way. But I'm not talking about like the fake news. But if you, if you dial into this, it's not dopamine. It's cortisol, just boom, boom, boom in your head. I have a, I have a dopamine cheat, which is like, you know, the happy drug, right? Where I, I have a to-do list every single day. And there's so much crap that I put on my to-do list that I will absolutely get done, like stop by the bank, deposit the check. I mean, I'm going to do it. I don't put like fill up my car with gas, but there's that dopamine from just crossing stuff off your to-do list and feeling a sense of accomplishment, even if they're small things. So, so much. I can't wait to get a copy of Ask. I want to thank you both for coming on the program. Um, can't wait till uh, I do get the chance to see you. I don't know, Dominique's Butter, butter Cake. I mean, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, is that is that this this podcast is not sponsored by them? But I love that so we all butter like cake. It. Yeah, it, it, if you go to Scottsdale, Thank Arizona, awesome. go have butter cake and and maybe a shaken martini at Dominic's. It's amazing. Dominic's yeah, it is best. All right. Well, congratulations you two on such uh, a great milestone together to not only build a family and and a business, but um, produce your first book together. Thanks for everybody tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed a break from. Uh, talking about growing businesses, grow yourself, work on yourself, turn off the news, focus on positivity, um, write down your goals, and grab a copy of Ask. I will put it in the show notes and join what was probably going to become the world's largest virtual book club, askthebookclub.com. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Crystal. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care.